Sadiq Boxing Podcast, Season 1, Episode 1. First of all, let me start. Merry Christmas to everyone. And hopefully you all had a safe and blessed year. I know this was a wild year. But my prayers goes out to all. Today we will be discussing the events that happened in boxing throughout the whole year. I will go into who I think fighter of the year is and who are the other candidates. I will go into what was the upset of the year, what was the most shocking performances of the year, and much more. So without further ado, let's talk about fighter of the year. Look, let's get right to the point. The Ring Magazine gave this award to both Tyson Fury and Teofimo Lopez. I'm going to go give it to just one person. My candidates are either Tyson Fury, of course, for his dominating victory over former heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder. People right now are saying that Deontay Wilder is complete trash. He's a nobody. I didn't hear anyone saying that February 21. One day before the fight. Deontay Wilder was the consensus favorite. Everyone thought Deontay Wilder was going to win. Everyone thought Tyson Fury was going to get knocked out even quicker this time around. But what happened was Tyson Fury went in there, dominated, dropped, and stopped Deontay Wilder. The second candidate is Teofimo Lopez. Also a fighter who no one thought could beat Vasily Lomachenko, but he did. He schooled Vasily Lomachenko. I had him winning nine out of the twelve rounds. I picked Teo to win, but not by points. I thought he would win by knockout, but he shocked the world. He upset the cards, and he won a wide unanimous decision. Some people are claiming that the fight should be a draw. I don't know how. Like, Teal won eight clear rounds. And I gave him round 10 as well. But he won the first seven and the last round. Clearly. Like, Vasil Lomachenko, people were like, oh, he was rusty. Oh, he he just didn't was waning. Oh, he was uh, collecting data. It wasn't like that at all. What happened in there was Vasil Lomachenko Felt the power of Tio. I was like, you know what? I'm not trying to get knocked out. He was winning for Tio Fimo Lopez's power to wear down before he can go in and attack. And you could tell Tio started gassing the longer the fight went. And after Lomachico knew that Tio's power isn't what it was in the earlier rounds. He stepped on the gas from round 8 to 11. I still had Tio winning round 10, I believe. It was a few months back, so I don't remember exactly. But I think Tio Fimo won round 10, and I gave it to him 9-3. Tio had one of the best closing rounds I've ever seen from a young guy. It was very impressive. Usually these young guys, they don't close out the show. But he did. Tio Fimo did. He closed out the show, and he got the win. I thought everyone knew that Tio won that fight. As I said, the candidates for fight of the year is between these two guys. I'm going to give it to Tyson Fury. The way he beat Neanderthal Wilder, 
I don't think anyone saw that coming. He dominated one of the most powerful heavyweight champions of all time. He beat Deontay Wilder at his own game. Deontay Wilder is known to being a knockout puncher, a knockout artist, a finisher. Tyson Fury finished him. And Deontay Wilder needs to thank Mark Breland every day that Mark Breland saved his life and his boxing career. Because that fight was getting very ugly in round seven. I'm shocked that they fired Mark Breland. That's a different topic for a different day. But that was a poor decision from Deontay Wilder. Still, Tyson Fury went in there and stopped the reigning heavyweight champ. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's supposed to be T.O. I think that's more recency bias because the T.O. Lopez fight happened in October while the Fury Wilder fight happened in February. So if, if you reverse it, I think it would be the consensus that Fury is the clear fighter of the year. He's one of the few fighters, one of the few heavyweights to get it twice. He got it in 2015 after... He had two dominant performances versus Vladimir Klitschko and Christian Hammer. And now he got it after completely wiping the floor with the bronze bomber Deontay Wilder. Now let's move on to our second award. KO of the year. There are two candidates as well for this one. Alexander Vietkin. Fifth round knockout over Dylan White. And Gravana Davis, sixth round knockout over Leo Santa Cruz. Look, let me break down both fights for you. The Alexander Povetkin versus Dylan White fight ended the fifth round. The first four rounds was all Dylan White. Dylan White won the first three and then dropped Povetkin twice in round four. It looked like at any moment Povetkin was going to go out. Povetkin lands one of the most perfect uppercuts I've ever seen. But it's not the first time he's landed that uppercut. I think he landed the same exact uppercut against Mahmoud Char. He always gets these knockouts. Like, if you've watched Povetkin's career, he's knocked out Manuel Char cold. He's knocked out Carlos Takam cold. He's knocked out Mike Perez cold. He's knocked out Johan Duhapas cold. He's knocked out David Price called. That's what Alexander Vietkin tends to do. He puts people to sleep. I don't think he's the hardest puncher in the heavyweight division, but I think he's the most skilled puncher in the heavyweight division. Alexander Vietkin, if he was in this time of giants, he would have been a much, much more successful heavyweight. I see. I think Alexander Vietkin could have cleaned out the 80s. I'm serious. Only two fighters I see beating him in the 80s is Larry Holmes and Mike Tyson. I think going to knock to everyone else. Witherspoon, uh, Mike Dokes, uh, Carl The Truth Williams. He would have knocked to all of those guys. In my opinion, he would have been also a successful heavyweight in the 90s. He is still a good heavyweight, but he fought two of the top 
world-class fighters. They both beat him. I still think the Vladimir Klitschko loss was an unfair loss for Alexander Vyetkin. Because if you watch that fight, I think Klitschko clinched him about 300, 350 times. And he was throwing him all over the ring. It was just a horrible, ugly fight. But I think Joshua went in there and dominated Povetkin and stopped him around seven. Now let me go to the other knockout over there. Gervonta Davis, sixth round knockout over Leo Santa Cruz. Gervonta Davis was the huge favorite going into the fight, unlike Alexander Povetkin. We all knew he was going to knock out Leo Santa Cruz. I put money that he would get the knockout around six. And thank God he did. He made me a couple bucks. I wish I put more. I only put $20 on it. I got I got back a return of $250. If I put $100, I got back a return of over $1,000. Gravana Davis, I don't want to take anything away from him. I think any other power-punching, super featherweight, lightweight, would have done the same thing in round six. Because if you watch the fight, Leo Santa Cruz threw three straight right hands while he was on the rope. Leo uh, Gravana Davis saw the first one, saw the second one, then timed him on the third one. It was amateurish, with all due respect to Leo Santa Cruz. It was very amateurish of a move. I don't know why he thought that would work. Throwing three straight right hands versus a power puncher. And a lot of people had that fight in Leo Santa Cruz's favor. A lot of people think, oh, Leo is up by round. If you got to make me choose, look, I I'm going to say it right now. I am very, very biased for the heavyweight division. If I have to choose, I'm going to choose the Povetkin knockout over Dylan White. That's my knockout of the year. That was so shocking. Like when Leo Santa Cruz got knocked out, I wasn't shocked. I was expecting it. Going into the fight, Povetkin versus White, I thought it was a 50-50 fight. But by the time round four ended, it did not look like a 50-50 fight. It looked like Dylan White was having a routine fight versus a journeyman. But I always say, finishing the guy or being focused on the game plan for the whole fight, that's what separates the elite from the good. Dylan White couldn't focus. To get the job done. That's what separates him from Anthony Joshua. That's what separates David Price from Anthony Joshua. That's what separates them from a Tyson Fury. That's what separates them from a Deontay Wilder. They can't finish the job. They can't stay focused for 12 rounds. You can say whatever you want to say about Deontay Wilder, but against Bermuda Stavern, he was focused for 12 rounds. In a fight, a lot of people were betting against him. He was focused for 12 rounds. He hurt Bermuda several times in that fight. But he won a unanimous decision. A very wide unanimous decision. Some people even had a shout-out for Deontay Wilder. He was focused. Tyson Fury was focused in the rematch against Wilder. Joshua was focused in the rematch against Ruiz. White was not focused against Povetkin. And he almost got his head knocked out of his body. That was one wicked of an uppercut. And that's where knockout of the year will go for Povetkin. Now let's go to our next topic. Prospect of the year. The most prospect that impressed me 
I know. Oh man, oh, I'm forgetting his name. The super middleweight kid from Puerto Rico. I'm forgetting his name. A lot of people are impressed with him. I'm more impressed with Tony Yoka. I was just talking about focus. He fought a tricky, tricky French contender in Christian Hammer. He could have exerted too much energy and would have been knocked out for it. Because Christian Hammer was expecting to get bum rushed. But Tony Yoka never did it. Tony Yoka sticked to his game plan, jabbed and moved, and won a wide unanimous decision. Tony Yoka stopped um, Johan Duhapis, a man who's knocked out Robert Hellenius before, and took everything Deontay Wilder had to offer for 11 rounds. And was never shaken, was never wobbled, was never dropped. He stopped him in one round. I got to give prospect of the year for Tony Yoka. I would have given it to Devin Haney if he wasn't, I guess, a champion. Because I was really impressed with Devin Haney. But this year, my 2020 prospect of the year is Tony Yoka. Now on to the next topic. Upset of the year. We've seen several upsets this year. We've seen... Uh, Dylan White get knocked out by Alexander Povetkin. Dylan White was a 5-1 favorite. We've seen Vasily Lomachenko lose his undisputed strap to Teofimo Lopez when he was, I think, a 6-1 favorite. We've seen Deontay Wilder get knocked out by Tyson Fury, where he was a slight favorite in that fight. But my upset of the year is... Robert Hellenius versus Adam Kaunaki. Adam Kaunaki was a 20 to 1 favorite. Robert Hellenius was a big underdog. But Robert Hellenius went in and absolutely destroyed Adam Kaunaki in four rounds. I advise Adam Kaunaki against the rematch. He's going to get found out again. It just seems like this guy has your number. No matter what you do, you're not going to beat him. And that's exactly what happened. Adam Kaunaki got absolutely destroyed and exposed. These guys, especially heavyweight division, that want to take punches and trade with you to land their own punches, they're never successful fighters. If you look at all the dominant champions of recent history, Vladimir Klitschko, never will he ever trade with you. Vitaly Klitschko, all his fights are one-sided. Lennox Lewis, safety first fighter. For the who? Who was the long-time champion? Mike Tyson in the 80s, best head movement. Mike Tyson started getting beat when he stopped moving his head. Larry Holmes, he fought behind the jab. Muhammad Ali, dance like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Excuse me, flow like a butterfly and sting like a bee. These dominant heavyweight champions, they don't trade with you. Anthony Joshua learned that the hard way. He used to always go in there head first and wants to trade with you. But guess what? He got hurt against Dylan White. He got dropped and almost stopped by Vladimir Klitschko. 
any other referee, if this fight was in any other country, they would have stopped that fight. Joshua is out on his legs. But he learned how to move and jab. Got his revenge against Randy Ruiz and moved and jabbed and knocked out Kubra Pulov. That's the Anthony Joshua we're going to see from now on. So Adam Kaunaki is going with the mentality that, you know what? I'm going to hit and get hit, but I'm going to land first and I'm going to win the fight. It doesn't always work, man. Robert Helenius has very, very underrated power. I've always said Robert Helenius is the European Deontay Wilder. Obviously, he's not as good as Wilder, but he has that same type of power. He'll end the fight with one right hand. And he proved it. He proved it. Now, I will go to performance of the year. And that performance of the year goes to Tyson Fury over Deontay Wilder. And the runner-up will be Teofimo Lopez. You know what? No. The runner-up will be Joe Joyce versus Daniel Dubai. Joe Joyce went in there against the favorite Daniel Dubai and literally beat him up with just a jab. A jab, that's it. That's all he did. He jabbed Daniel Dubai's head off. That was a very, very one-sided fight. And Daniel Dubai had to quit at the end. He got on one knee and quit. Everyone was back in Daniel Dubai. Look, I predicted Joe Joyce would win. The fight's up on my my previous up on my YouTube prediction uh, my YouTube channel. You guys can go check out there. I predicted Daniel Dubai to get stopped in round eight. He got stopped in round ten. Because I thought Joe Joyce would be a bit more aggressive and I thought Dubai would have less stamina than that. Look, what happened there was poor matchmaking. Queensberry promotions are horribly, horribly matching their fighters. Anthony Art lost London Arthur and Sergey Kovalev could have been avoided. He has the tools to beat both, but he's just horribly, horribly been matched. The same with Daniel Dubai. He could have beat George Joyce if he just knew how to duck a jab. But he's just been horribly, horribly matched. The second, the second he fought a big heavyweight with a jab, he got stopped. And this could be, rumors is that he got nerve damage. I'm going to tell you right now, if you get nerve damage, you're, you're not coming back the same way you were before. The second he gets in the eye again, the same thing will happen. It will swell up, and he will probably quit again. I don't blame him for quitting. I would have probably quit too if that happened to me. But as I said, performance of the year is Tyson Fury versus Dante Wilder. That was one of the most dominant performances I've ever seen. When someone takes the titles from a long reigning heavyweight champion, he's done this twice, folks. Twice he's taken the titles of long reigning heavyweight champs. And twice he did it in the most dominant way possible. Okay, I appreciate you guys for listening in.
I will be releasing my divisional rankings very, very soon. I appreciate it. Please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you.